All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, I'm here with Greg Meyer and Jeremy Britt. Uh, Greg has been on the podcast before. Um, you were on with Grayson Baird, and I cannot remember how. You know, it might have been during like our COVID discipleship. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. We were we were processing COVID together, um, lamenting, <laughs> laughing, all the things. Uh, and it it might have been like a year from now. Who knows? Uh, a year from yeah. It was it was some somewhere in the time warp of the last year. <laughs> Yeah. And then people don't know this, but Jeremy, Brett, uh, Jeremy, how's it going? It's going well. Jeremy was actually one of the first people we had on the podcast that actually never saw the light of day. Thankfully, Um, thankfully. (laughs) So I I was kind of figuring this thing out and we were trying to test it out. Jeremy and I just sat down and had a conversation and then it ended up not, not making it. Um, and it was all because of me, not Jeremy carried the show. Um, but it was me. Uh, so look, Jeremy, why don't you just tell us where you're, where you're currently ministering? And then Greg, you can uh, remind everybody as well. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, I am the youth pastor at Lawndale Presbyterian Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, some of you may know it from uh, Kirk Cooper has served here as well in the past. And so big shoes to fill there. But uh, I've been here for about two years. Uh, this summer will be two years. So um, I've been pastoring here more during COVID than before COVID. So, uh, but luckily things are starting to open back up and get a little bit better. Yeah. You're one of those who transitioned in the midst of COVID, which is just absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but you, you survived and <laughs> yeah. uh, you're still here. You're still with us. So that's, that's great. Greg, uh, why don't you remind everybody where, where you're currently uh, living and serving? Yeah, um, I am the youth pastor at Covenant Presbyterian Church uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Been here six years and uh, been doing youth ministry about a decade, about 10 years um, altogether. But uh, yeah, just it's been, a, it's been a wonderful place to serve. And it's been, uh, unlike Jeremy, I have the benefit of being here before COVID. And, but it, yeah, we've, we've seen several different lives to our to our community and to our, our uh, youth ministry. And um, a lot of it's been encouraging, um, but also hard. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at and uh, glad to be back on here. Yeah. And, and just to let our listeners know, uh, Greg and I go way back. He used to, to serve at First Pres Jackson. And so we, we overlapped a little bit um, while, while we were, while he was in this area. And then Jeremy was actually in my youth group. So basically I'm just old. Um, and so <laughs> Jeremy and I go pretty, pretty far back. And then I served at the church you grew up in. Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And take uh, another level. Me and Jeremy had seminary classes together. Oh, seminary okay. classes. Yeah, absolutely. Nice and RYM, RYM conferences together too. We'd see each yeah. other and yeah. Y- years of knowing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So many layers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a nice reunion today. Um, and look, <laughs> Appreciate you guys not only just coming on to, to catch up and uh, but to to talk about some challenging issues. Those who listen to our podcast know this season nine of the podcast we were talking about biblical sexuality and we were looking at a, a host of issues. And today I think we're we're going to zoom in a little bit more on homosexuality as well as transgenderism and just you know as we were discussing pre-recording, Greg, Jeremy, myself. Uh, we um, are intimidated by this. Uh, we are not the experts on this. Uh, we want to to speak openly and uh, in a way that we hope is encouraging to, to those who are listening of just um, maybe the, the thrust today is more practically, how can we minister to students in a local congregation as we've had others 
um, who have written on the subject to come on and, and discuss it, but to talk to two youth workers in the trenches and how they're seeking to be faithful uh, to deal with difficult subjects and to, to answer and wrestle with the questions our, our students are dealing with. So just kind of say that from the outset. We None of us feel like experts on this and we're intimidated by it. Um, and uh, you guys can totally avoid any questions I ask. Um, and so <laughs> you guys just need to volunteer the other if I ask something. Uh, yeah. Sounds ahead. like a great question for Jeremy. You <laughs> <laughs> so have a connection issues. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking up. I can't hear it. Um, so look, let's begin there, though. I mean, part of just letting our listeners know, part of the reason I reached out to you too is because I know the two of you have actually taught on this in a series in your local congregation. And so maybe Jeremy, let's begin with you. And then Greg, why don't you, you guys just kind of give us an overview of what you were trying to do in your um, youth mm-hmm. group and just maybe some specifics and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Thanks, John. Um, probably last fall, I was meeting with my youth committee and we were talking about some of the issues of sexuality and gender and some things that were going on in our current cultural climate. And uh, we had just thought that it was time to talk about these issues of homosexuality, of gender, um, what biblical sexuality is, biblical manhood, biblical womanhood is. And so we aimed to do this this spring. And so uh, for about a five-week period, five or six weeks, I can't remember exactly how long it is, um, we focused in on this subject this spring and so the very first thing that we did was we kind of just admitted, like, this is a topic that we need to talk about. Um, you know, it's in TV, it's, it's all over the place. And so the church has largely been silent probably for too long on this. But we wanted to approach this as, as not um, very much, not like an us versus them kind of situation. And so we really structured our talks based around this. And so the very first week, you know, like I said, we did five or six weeks. The very first week was just our posture as we approached this topic. And um, one of the things that we really wanted to communicate to our students is that uh, we want to approach this with a humble posture. Uh, We want to approach this as um, homosexuality is not the only sin, nor is it the unforgivable sin. Um, We also want to approach this from a standpoint of that we are all sinners in the church, that we struggle with sin, whether it is homosexuality, whether it is uh, heterosexual sin, or, you know, whatever the sins we are, we all struggle with sin. Um, The church is to be a hospital for sinners. It's a place for broken people. And so that very first lesson was really kind of realizing um, our brokenness as just human beings. And so we wanted to really set the stage with a posture of humility um, as we talk about some of these deep issues. Um, And so the second week that we went into that was answering the question of what does the Bible actually say about homosexuality? And we kind of looked at the the six specific verses in Scripture that mention homosexuality, um, Genesis 19, Leviticus 18 and 20, uh, as well as uh, Romans and First Corinthians, and then uh, I think it's First Timothy. I can't remember the, the the last one, but off the top of my head. Um, but we looked at these six individual passages and wanted to say what what does the Bible say about this? Um, and we also looked at different arguments um, from from people who use the scriptures to support a homosexual view. And so we also gave them the traditional um, understanding of those passages. Uh, the next week we looked at just 
God's plan for marriage. And, and so even though the Bible only spends six verses talking about this issue um, explicitly, this is a theme that, that starts really in Genesis 1, and it transcends all of Scripture of, of God's design for marriage. And, and even looking at things like Ephesians 5 and, and Revelation 19 and, and, and how, how God pictures himself as a groom and the church as a bride and, and how there's this uniqueness to this idea of marriage. Um, also looking at the archetypal marriage plan in, in Genesis 1 with Adam and Eve. And so um, that was our third week. Our fourth week, we looked at biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Um, and this is the one that actually got the most questions out of our students. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, and then the last week, we just put together a panel and did a Q&A night. We had students submit questions on anything that they had beforehand. Um, but also we took some questions in person. Um, but what we did, kind of the format of all of these talks was I talked for about 30, 45 minutes or so. And then we broke up into small groups. We had some excellent group leaders, um, some adults that helped lead these small groups. And they were able to ask questions and kind of uh, break down kind of what they learned in the main talk. Um, with their closer to their ages and, and, and people of the same sex. And so, um, so that's kind of how we did it here. That's really good to hear, Jeremy. I mean, there's so much there that that's helpful. Um, I think one thing, just to go back to the very first thing you said, to begin with a posture of humility. Um, I just think that is, that is so important. Um, really. I mean, as you're saying, as you were teaching on the subject, teaching your students first, a proper ecclesiology, like what is the church supposed to be? How can the church lovingly um, engage those who are struggling with this and be welcoming while also communicating the truth and that balance of grace and truth that we continue to talk about on this season of the podcast. And I know we'll continue to unpack that as we talk more. Greg, why don't you just give us a little overview of what, what you sought to do with your students in St. Louis? Absolutely. Um, so, so like Jeremy, um, our, our, our leadership, our group here had been thinking, uh, you know, this is, this is something we have to talk about. I have to talk about sexuality, you know, we're not really being faithful if we don't. And, uh, you know, I've been here long enough where I felt like I had uh, the relationship, relational capital to do that. And I would say to anyone listening, you know, maybe hold off on doing a series like this <laughs> for a little while. Um, but, um, but I think it's important that we do it. We, we do have this conversation. So, we decided to do a um, semester long series on sexuality. So going more broadly um, and then kind of getting down to specific topics, we prepared for it by uh, surveying our students, uh, put together a survey to kind of hear where they were at, what they were, their questions were anonymously. And we kind of worked that out with parents um, and got resources to parents, um, kind of got them at the, ahead of time, let them see what, where we were going, what we we're gonna be talking about. We recorded each lesson each week and like like Jeremy's group, we, we had a lesson and then broke it down into small groups. Um, we recorded and parents could listen in. We'd share it the next week so they could listen in. Um, so it would kind of be more of a like a conversation families could have, parents could follow up with their kids. Um, but we were really following the kind of the biblical narrative, um, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And then sprinkled in there under the redemption restorations part, just key topics um, is kind of what we were looking at. But we really, I felt like it was important to spend, we spent the first three weeks just under creation, just defining terms, thinking more broadly, because I, I feel like that is so important if we're going to have the conversations later on. And then 
spent a couple of weeks on 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 the fall, both how sin warps us and also how sin has affected our world and how we engage in the world. Um, but uh, but the, the original kind of mentality going forward is we we called our series "Stewarding Your Sexuality," and uh, take, taking a couple ideas there together, really like. Um, Todd Wilson has talked about it as mere sexuality. What does the Bible, what has the Bible always taught about sex and sexuality um, and, and expressing and talking about that? Um, but then I, I think it was um, Mark Yarhouse takes the, 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 the posture of stewardship. How can we think about, we've been given this body by God. We, are, are, we have given this sexed body by God. And how can we faithfully steward it to his glory? And, and that's gonna look different for everybody, but it's, it brings everybody to the table to talk about um, this important issue because we're all coming um, from different places struggling with different things. And so we really were thinking about what is mere sexuality? What is, or Christopher Ewan calls it holy sexuality. What, what does the Bible teach about this um, holistically? Um, and then um, how can we be good stewards? What does it mean to be in the image of God? What does it mean to be male and female? What does the Bible mean when it says one flesh and what's actually the purpose of sex that goes be way beyond we could ever imagine or we're ever thinking about in middle school and high school. And then, you know, how, how has our sexuality been bent and broken by sin in the fall? Um, how, how do we inhabit a hypersexualized world? Um, and then this is super interesting. Um, what does our sexuality look like as it's redeemed and thinking about Jesus specifically as um, the uh, God who took on a male body, a sexed body, and was born of a woman to redeem all of humanity by becoming our savior, um, you know, becoming incarnate. And uh, that, that's just a, the implications for that are huge. And, and I don't you know if anybody really spends a lot of time talking about that, but that was something uh, we were thinking about, how, you know, how does Jesus himself revolutionize the way we think about our sexuality? And then also, what does that mean for us as we make sense of how do we steward our own sexuality as individuals? Um, and then we were starting to get into some of the key topics, uh, same-sex attraction, transgenderism, things like that. Uh, singleness, um, uh, friendship, and um, just basically having relationships that don't have that aren't erotic or have anything to do with with uh, sexual um, intercourse, um, pornography, masturbation, uh, dating, and marriage. We were, we were we were getting to that, um, but then COVID happened. So we were doing this last spring. We got to um, the middle of March, and uh, we kind of had to pivot and, and do something different. So it's something we thought about coming back to to and and finishing up, but. Um, really created some great conversations. Um, we were able to have kind of some some guest speakers, some people I interviewed with uh, life experience kind of in some of those areas. And I feel like that's really helpful because, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was the person to talk about everything. Um, but, um, you know, it just was, it was a really profitable time, you know, an awkward time to be a visitor at our youth group. Um, but we did have, you know, uh, students bringing friends. Um, and, uh, and I guess, you know, maybe somebody who's thinking about doing this, maybe build in a week here and there just to kind of release some of the tension where you maybe talk about something else or just, you know, uh, that, that could be kind of helpful along the way. And we, we had some of those, those kind of weeks built in. But, um, you know, I, I would just encourage anybody listening, go for it. Um, you, know, cons- cons- you know, make sure you have a buy-in with your leadership and support and you're, you're communicating with parents. But, um, you know, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy can say the same. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know, we're not being faithful if we're not, we're not delving into these things. And, um, I don't know, I, I learned a lot. I, I grew a lot through, through studying it and having conversations and 
you know, working with our leader team, preparing for it. We did a lot of work just getting ready. Like we had a couple of little, little training times and um, just our, our youth leader team uh, be, be prepared to have those conversations and um, a lot of good fruit coming out of it. So. Yeah. No, and, it, and I feel your pain on starting it and then COVID happened. Um, so I, I do some uh, part-time Bible teaching at a, a classical school here. And I actually had my students reading when Harry became Sally. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, I had to do that all through Zoom, uh, kind of through the the latter part of the, the class, which was great um, fun for sure. But no, yeah, that, that, that does uh, create some, some difficulty, no doubt, as COVID just kind of messed absolutely everything up and that's putting it lightly. Um, but uh, going all the way back to the title of the study, um, thinking about it from stewardship, I think is just a, a great mm. um, way to frame it. Because I mean, putting the label of stewardship on this is putting God enthroned over it, just like any issue. God's the owner of this. He's the designer of this. He's the inventor of this. And it's a gift, you know, it puts it, it frames it in that way. And so we are to, to care for it in a way that um, is pleasing to him. And so I think so often, I mean, this is an obvious statement, but we have thought so negatively about all issues related to sex. And I mean, the, the previous generations, I mean, I know kind of not bringing in others. I mean, we, you're never to talk about this and let's just never discuss it at all. And let's not have any kind of awkward conversations. And so we've just missed the, the gift of this. And really it kind of gets back, Greg, to what you were saying about um, thinking about Jesus being fully God and fully man, that he had a human body and it gets at, you know, just the, the Gnosticism that creeps into the church that we hate all physical matter um, in very subtle ways. And we do that by not wanting to talk about these things. And um, just as we're going to get into resources a little bit later, I, I, I love the book, Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. And I feel like she just covers so much in that, in that book and, and really gets kind of at this, this Gnosticism as well. And just asserts that the Christian um, sexual ethic loves the body more than other um, worldviews. And so it's just such a, such an awesome book. So look, so much to jump into there already from what you guys are said, Greg, you, you got hand up, go ahead and say something. I, I, I just want to say one more thing. I, we, one thing we really want to do, and you're mentioning this here is to come at this whole topic from a positive angle. We wanted to draw our students and attract them to the beauty of what the Bible teaches about sex and sexuality. Cause most mm -hmm. of it has been, I mean, this is the way it was when I was growing up too, is, is, is a negative angle. Um, don't do this, stop this, um, this is bad. Um, you know, we have to talk about some of that stuff, but overall we wanted to come from the beautiful positive angle and, and draw our students to say, this is better, this is be beautiful. I, I want to live in this direction. Um, and connect, connecting it to Jesus and who he is, uh, and like you were saying. Um, but yeah, I, you and I have talked about this several times, John, but you know, one of, one of our soapboxes is we don't talk about a theology of the body very much. Uh, in, in the church. And, and especially when we talk about these issues, um, it, it's so important to lay that foundation um, to, to push back like you, like Piercy does in her book as well. Um, but also give credit to Mark Yarhouse for the stewardship idea. It's in the tail end, I think, of his book, Understanding Sexual Identity, which was written for, for youth workers, I believe. Mm. Um, but I, I, I just, I really, that, that really, like you were saying, clicked for me um, in thinking mm -hmm. about an approach to this. Yeah, yeah that, that's so good. Thanks for yeah, mentioning your else's book as well. Um, something I'm wondering, okay, Greg, you said y'all's talks were recorded. Jeremy, did you say yours were recorded too? I can't remember. 
I only recorded one of them. Okay. So. Well, just just out of curiosity, doesn't I'm not shaming you, Jeremy, by that question. By the way, <laughs> you should have totally recorded them. No, I'm kidding. Um, what what sort of response did you guys get from the parents? Um, did you have, I mean, good, bad, and of course, as I always ask these questions, share names of the parents as well on this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Greg, Jeremy, who wants to jump in there? Just parent response to this. We. Our, our parents are, they're really encouraged by what we're doing. I think we, we laid the groundwork on the front end. Um, I, I didn't really get any, you know, angry phone calls or frustrating um, interactions. Most were like, yes, we're so glad you guys are talking about it. Um, and they, I think they appreciated the, the over communication almost on the front end. And that, that we, we were, I, I thought, I thought that was really important that on the front end, they, they saw, they could kind of see the lay of the land. And then along the way, they were able to listen in. Um, and I, I felt like that was that was an accountability for for me and for our leaders to say, you know, make sure we're we're, you know, I, I was probably the most careful with my words and these lessons and any other lesson I've ever given mm-hmm. in, in youth ministry, uh, because I, I was thinking not only of the students in the in the room with us, but anybody any any of our parents that are listening in, and, and I really want to um, not only teach our students in a in a uh, compassionate and biblical way, but also um, honor our parents um, as parents of our kids. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I, I was, we were encouraged about the, because of that, the interactions we had, we didn't, I, there's, there's nothing that comes to mind that I'm remembering that was um, alarming or discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really met with a lot of gratitude. I would get so many text messages from parents that said, you know, thanks for talking about this with our students. Um, really no pushback. Um, I kind of would do little synopsises or whatever the plural of synopsis is. Um, synopses? Synopsis? I'm not sure. We'll I don't know. That. I'm not yeah. sure, but I would send out little uh, snippets of what we were talking about each week to our parents as well. Um, as well as having some questions on the forefront together for our small group leaders. And so like Greg, it was a lot of preparation to get it ready, but um, our, our parents were very grateful. Uh, one thing that I got a lot from our parents was our parents are willing to talk about these things with their students, but they don't know how. And, and so that's what I got most from any kind of, that wasn't just, thank you for doing this it was this is so important to talk with my kids about and i'm so glad you're doing it i don't even know how to begin to have this conversation at home and so a lot of it was really kind of you know eye opening for me that you know it's not just students that we need to work with but it's also parents and be able to give parents resources um and a lot of what we used our time for on wednesday nights was Hey, this could be a good primer, parents, for you to talk with your students about what did you hear tonight? What did you uh, think about that? Um, and, and, you know, various other questions for our parents. But, but that was one thing I just found was, was a lot of parents just wanting to have these conversations, but not knowing how. Um, but talking about these things, it does make you a little paranoid because, you know, every time I got a phone call on Thursday after it, I was like, oh, no, what did I say? But it was never, never anything bad. But it was, it was always good stuff. So, yeah, very, very appreciative by our parents. Uh, I imagine that's probably going to be a universal take. Yeah. And and something, too, just to, to say, as, as I've taught on this in the youth group, that's the, what I've been surprised about is, is the parents were kind of 
Greg, as you said, and Jeremy as well, thanking me for doing this. It was kind of like, okay, the, the parents have been saying this message in the home. Now it's being reinforced to the church and you've got that, that partnership that's developing that that's so important. And so I think some of the fear at times, it's like, we don't want to talk about this because we don't want to upset the parents, but then you find that they're being supportive of this. Now, of course, as you guys are saying, over communicate on this and make sure you've got leadership backing, supporting you, but this can be a beautiful thing. Greg, I know you want to chime in as well. So please go ahead. Yeah. I wanted to piggyback on what Jeremy said about, um, about parents. Cause I think this is the more important thing. It's great. That, it's really good that we're talking about this with our students, but how can we help families and resource families and train families? And, and that's kind of an awkward thing as a youth pastor to do, depending on your age and your, in your time at the church. But um, I, I, you know, we, one of the things we surveyed our guys about our, our, our students about, and I heard from some of our guys in small groups is, you know, how, how, uh, how many of your parents have talked, talked to you about sex and sexuality and what's the regularity of that? And some, some, uh, some young men, like, you know, these guys, juniors and seniors had one, maybe one awkward conversation with their dad about sex ever. And I asked our youth leaders, you know, our adult leaders, you know, have you had growing up, did you have conversations with your parents about sex and A, B, were they helpful? <laughs> and the overwhelming majority is no. And if they were, they were unhelpful. And uh, so, so I feel like this is the bigger issue because not only are we facing so many challenges to how, just how to think about this biblically and to live it out in, in, a, in a winsome way, but um, we, we don't have a context in our culture and our churches and our families where this is something we can just talk about. And it's not a scary thing. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a weird thing. Um, and, and, and the tough thing about it is, you know, as parents, we all bring into uh, the conversation, our own sexual mm -hmm. struggles, our own um, insecurities, our own stories. And I think that's what holds a lot of parents back. Because if you if you work through that yourself and you're at a place of maturity and healing there, you can enter in with, with your kids and it's not a not as much of a, a thing. But if not, it's it's a little bit harder. And and no, nobody's training anyone, to, any parents to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like that that is something that is bigger that that really has to be tackled. Uh, going forward. And I, I think we were able to do maybe a little, scratch the surface of that a little bit. Um, because the, 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 the dark side of what we were talking about before is like, parents are like, yes, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I'm glad you're doing it on me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, not, and I'm going to say like a lot of our parents here are doing a great job talking to their, their kids. Um, but that, that happens. And, uh, and I can understand that my kids are, my kids are getting older. We're getting closer, closer to, uh, to um, being youth group age, but you know, I'm, we're not there yet, but you know, I can, I can understand, I can relate to that already as a parent. Yeah. And, and Jeremy, I, I know you want to jump in as well, but just reiterating that Greg, I mean, parents are the primary disciples of their children. And so the training aspect for the parents is, is vitally important. Like you said, that's kind of the focus here. So yeah, I'm glad you're highlighting that Jeremy. Yeah. Just one thing Greg reminded me of just piggybacking now off of Greg um, is he said something about going forward, we need to do these things. And one thing I wanted to say is that that this little five-week study that we did from January to February, um, it, it's not going to be the last time we talk about this. And it doesn't need to be the last time. It's not like we've closed the case on this. Let's move on now to – let's go back to talk about justification, sanctification, and glorification. Um, but but rather, it's really just the first step in opening the door to talk about this further. And so so when we think about, well, what's next, you know, on the radar for what's next is, 
is to help our parents, like Greg said. And, you know, like you said, also, you know, that can be awkward depending on what age you are and, and things like that. But, but having our parents um, talk about these things with their students, but also giving them resources to, as they talk about this, to make this a helpful conversation. Um, but that's going to be one of the things that's going to be on the radar of what we do next. This is going to be a reoccurring theme. It's going to be what we're going to be dealing with for several years now. And so it's going to be something that we need to talk about more than just a, a five-week series, you know, once every seven years. Yeah, I, I, I amen to that. I, um, I, I think we, we decided to do this because for another reason is we wanted to go ahead and try to, sh to change our kind of cultural DNA as a group as well. Let's say this is a place, this is a community where it's okay to talk about this. Mm -hmm. These, 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 these hard, these shameful, these overwhelming realities. Um, you, we can talk about, you know, quote unquote, anything in youth group. Um, these things are not in the dark. These things are not off the table. And uh you know, there's, he, there's healing. We, we kept, we kept going back and back to first Corinthians six, you know, uh, you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of Lord Jesus and by the spirit of, of our God. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the power of the spirit to transform us and uh, the healing that's found in Christ. And so, you know, I, sometimes you kind of have to, you kind of have to launch out and do these things to kind of sh shake things up and shift, shift your group a little bit so that it becomes, a comes a different type of place because, you know, um, I, I think all of us want our youth groups to be a place that's different than school. That's, that's even different than, you know, the family, you know, some, there's some, there's always dysfunction in every family um, to be, to be a new, a new community that's, that's influenced by, um, by, by Christ and, and his, and his teaching and who he is. Yeah, no, I think that's good, especially that last thing that uh, the family is vitally important. It's an institution that God created the churches as well. And so there's that complementary nature between the two of them. Um, and, and students need to, to, to be in another community as we're raising them, Lord willing to go out into the world and have to deal with these issues. And so the youth group can be a place for them to kind of have some of that separation. Um, look, I know we don't have a, a ton of time, but I, I do want to hear what some of the, the questions your students were bringing up in some of these discussions. What, what were some of the things coming to the surface? And when I say we don't have a ton of time, I know we could just spend the entire podcast talking about questions our students are, are answering. Uh, but Jeremy, why, why don't you start us off on, I don't know if you want to start with the most frequent question that you got or the biggest question that you got mm -hmm. or, or whatever, but just uh, let's begin there and see what all your students were wrestling with. Yeah. You know, I think when we think about um, the Bible, most of our students are raised inside the Presbyterian church. They were raised inside of our church. And so it's not necessarily a question of disagreeing with what the Bible says, but actually what does the Bible actually say about this? And so when we kind of looked into what scripture said, we really didn't get a lot of questions about it. They were kind of like, okay, well, I never knew that. I'm so glad I know that now, you know, I trust, I trust what we're saying. However, when we got into biblical manhood and womanhood, uh, when we got into gender roles, um, we got a ton of questions about that, particularly from our female students. Um, got a lot of questions about feminism, uh, got a lot of questions about um, can, can women do anything besides have babies and stay at home? Um, you know, we got a ton of questions about just gender roles from our students. And um, these are questions that they, especially the women, um, the young women feel very 
strongly about, and they want to know answers to these questions and, and probably questions that the church has probably not done a very good job over the years of answering. Um, you think about like when, when, a, when is a women's in the church meeting? You know, a lot of times it's Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. or Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Um, working women can't make that. And so there's messages that the church sends to our students that say, like, your ideal place is to be at home. And um, and so they wanted to know, is that legit? Is that legit that that's all that we can do? And, and if we say, of course not, um, just to give a little a brief answer. But, um, yeah, so we had a ton of questions about that. Um, a lot of questions about actually – uh, interacting with people um, who struggle with homosexuality or transgenderism, such as, you know, should I use the pronouns of someone in my class who identifies uh, as a woman? Um, so there's a lot of practical questions. How do I talk about this with my friends? And and all this going back to one thing that Greg said just a minute ago, um, not only do we want to make this something that we're, we're not just in the dark of talking about, is is I would want it to be a place where uh, someone, if someone is transgender and they show up at youth group on a Wednesday night, that it's not a place where they just immediately get kicked out of the room. And so uh, I want that opportunity to share the gospel with these people, um, with 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 all kinds of sinners uh, of of who I'm chief. And so um, yeah, so a lot of our questions were were about practical issues, but also a lot of gender role questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, just showing that your students are asking these questions is so much of a reason why this needs to be discussed in the church. And again, our, our students are going to go looking for the answers to these questions somewhere. Wouldn't it be awesome if it's the church where they, they mm-hmm. find these answers or at least show up and hear from the youth worker, look, I don't know enough about that, but let's let's mm-hmm. go to God's word together. And let's discuss this and let's let's have this conversation. Greg, I know you were wanting to answer the com- the question on feminism. So do you want to go ahead? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, so some of the uh, questions that your students had, I'm not going to put you on the spot. No, but um, that, you know, that's been a consistent, that, that, that kind of stuff's been a consistent question. You know, um, men and women's roles in the, the, the home and in the church, um, which are really important questions. And like Jeremy said, I think um, the church broadly has not had those conversations, especially with young women very well, and it hasn't been very um, honoring or just given a roadmap of, you know, you know, basically a very, you know, real practical roadmap. Um, so those are the- man, let me just say, we're in a denomination that's wrestling with this, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. that's been yeah. going on at General Assembly, and most likely will be discussed, Lord willing, if this year's General Assembly occurs. But yeah, that, that's a issue for sure our denomination is dealing with so go ahead greg sorry i jumped in on you no 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 i just wanted to to affirm that um i i'll just maybe i'll do a little lightning around here so um these are the things that i i remember uh, a lot of questions about you know obviously pornography um and not just not just porn itself but um the effects it has on relationships hearing how guys talked about how it affects their relationships with each other and with with um young women and and, and vice versa and uh, I thought that was pretty insightful of our, our students. And it was encouraging, it was encouraging me that, that they were reflecting on that. Um, lots of questions about masturbation. Is it sinful? Is it okay? Um, premarital sexual activity, you know, what's, what's acceptable, what's not. Um, I, I think uh, questions about, and, and just the desire to, to have, a, have a space and a place to, 
be able to have these conversations. And that's not really a question, but I, there's a kind of a longing, I guess, um, just a place to talk about these things in a healthy, constructive way. Um, t- talking about body shame or just not liking the way they look, mm. um, feeling that um, is feeling not at home uh, in a certain sense. Uh, a lot of questions about dating, um, why date, how should I date, when should I date, all, you know, everything related to that. A-, a lot of questions just about how do we make sense of uh, LGBTQ um, issues, but also interacting with with actual people in their schools, their friends. The, the, you know, we have students that are wrestling with those things themselves. And um, h- how do I have those conversations? How do I how do I um, navigate the uh, those things? You know, seeking to understand what the Bible teaches and what God has revealed, but also wanting to uh, love people well. Um, and I and I really appreciated that. And there's a lot of questions there that our students had. Um, and some of our students too, um, another issue is um, questions about sexual abuse, sexual harassment. Those conversations were more kind of branching off. They weren't in our talks, but they were more about uh, kind of taking place in our small groups. Um, and, you know, especially for our, our young ladies uh, wanting to process that and think about that because it is rampant in our culture. And um, how, do we, how do we make sense of that? Um, how, how do we place that um, in, in what God is doing? And the gospel. So uh, th- those are the ones that kind of came to mind. Um, lots, lots of others too, but those are the big ones probably. Yeah, no. And, and that's, yeah, that's a lot there. And for, for those who are just tuning into this podcast, uh, I want to point people back to other podcast episodes that we've had in this season, because so everything you just listed has been discussed from dating and relationships. Kurt Cooper discussed that cohabitation. Dr. David Ayers has discussed that. Um, Deepak Reggie last week discussed pornography. And so there's just so many, um, hopefully that, that can, um, u- utilize those resources. Um, and curious, Greg, too, um, I'm assuming you have your groups broken up into male, female, um, as you bring up masturbation, I'm thinking, okay, how could that be discussed in a co-ed group? Yeah, unfortunately we didn't, that was, um, didn't get to that talk because of, uh, COVID, uh yeah, but, yeah. um, but no, uh, totally tracking with you. Yeah, we had, the way we have it set up is uh, we kind of had our regular groups that we normally have that are broken up by gender and grade. Um, and uh, th- that was kind of the place for those conversations. And we did some training with our, our group leaders so that they were kind of knew the posture to have as they're having those conversations and, um, and just kind of cultivating, you know, good conversation out of what we're talking about. But that, 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 that seems like the, the best way to do it. Although, you know, I think there, there could be some really interesting um, opportunities to have you know, um, guys and girls in a small group or any kind of a discussion with one another. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I th- I think just being definitely... wise about that. Yeah, totally. Um, and look, I know we're going to be wrapping up before too long and I want to get some maybe resources from you guys before we do that. Something that the two of you have mentioned that I think is really wise is inviting guests to come in and speak on various issues as you're, you're talking, you know, about some of the, the topics. And so maybe walk us through that, Jeremy, if you want to begin and, and Greg, you, you know, who did you try to get to be? I mean, Jeremy, I know with you, you had people on a panel discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go about that? Because you're thinking, okay, as we're dealing with students, you definitely want to find someone who's not only an expert on some certain issues, but also connect with students. So maybe just talk about how you got, uh, guests involved and, mm-hmm. and some, some thoughts there. Yeah. I mean, one thing Greg said just a few minutes ago is that, you know, he's not an expert on everything and, and neither am I. And in fact, I'm probably not an expert on any of this stuff really. And so uh, I do think hearing from a plurality of voices is good. Um, you know, on our 
panel, we actually had one question that I remember was on the Q&A night. And, and I won't get into what that question was unless you want me to, but we had a guy who was a lawyer who answered it from a standpoint of a law. Uh, we had a, a, a lady who is a doctor and she actually answered the question from a medical standpoint. Um, we had a guy who is a filmmaker who works for a Christian company here in town, who's done a whole lot of research on this. Um, he kind of answered the question from a biblical theological perspective. Um, and so these are issues that just, aren't necessarily in the realm of, of um, just this one area of being in the Bible, but yet they're, it transcends all of life. And so having people, you know, who didn't go to seminary, who didn't go to um, these deep theological trainings kind of affirm what we're saying through a, a law background, through a, through a medical background. Um, in addition to that, uh, we had set up uh, John Wyndham, who I don't know if you ever had him on the show, but I know he's a friend. Long um, time ago. Yeah. Season long time one. ago. Season one. Shout out um, for all you longtime listeners. But John Wyndham's down the road an hour from me. He lives in Corinth, Mississippi. And and uh, I asked him to just come talk on, you know, big question our students had was, why do we follow some Old Testament laws and not the others? Um, and so John was supposed to come, but he got rained out. We had a, a kind of a tornado come through, but that canceled it. But we're trying to reschedule that for the future. But just having somebody else come through and talk about things um, maybe makes it not as stale as if you're just hearing me talk all the time. But yeah, I, I mean, we had real people in our church who work real jobs outside of the church um, answering these questions. And I thought it was very helpful to our students. Um, I think you asked, I think you asked how I basically just asked them to do it. And so that's helpful. I I mean, a few things first, we're going to find out if John Wyndham still listens to this podcast. So Mm -hmm. um, we can find out if he's tuning in, but I think that's so helpful. Just thinking of that panel, I mean, practically speaking, God gifts us all differently. And every one of those people has different gifts and callings that's going to, you know, shape the way they answer those questions. And again, as you have students out there, they have different gifts and callings, and that's going to resonate with some of them more than others. And so I just think that's such a wise thing to do. And even different experiences too. Um, uh, these, these are people who have... Uh, diverse backgrounds of their own relationships with people who have uh, struggled with homosexuality as well, um, or or transgenderism, and so it's it's good to kind of draw from personal experiences as well. Um, probably that a lot of our students line up with. I mean, in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, Tupelo is the largest high school in the state. Um, it's like a community college, a small community college. There's there's two thousand students, and so uh, they experience this, you know, every day. Um, and so it's good to talk with people who have had the same experiences in their own lives on that panel. Yeah, that's helpful, Greg. I'd love to hear from you. How did you go about getting some volunteers involved or guests to speak on certain topics? So we, we only had one of those nights before COVID hit. Um, and so a lot of this was intention that we were, we were going to hopefully fulfill. But um, when we were talking about homosexuality, same-sex attraction, we, we, we were doing two weeks. Um, and the first week was, I just kind of taught generally the Bible, what does the Bible say about it? What's the, you know, kind of teaching from scripture. And then I had um, a guest come in that I was interviewing, um, a local guy who grew up uh, struggling with, with same-sex attraction and um, his experience of that. And, and this, his, he has an interesting story, which, and I, and, and I, the reason I wanted him to come is because, um, 
because it kind of pushes some some of our natural categories. So he 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 experiences same sex attraction, but he has gotten married to a woman and has 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 a, has a child and um and just how does that work? You know, uh, so it, it kind of pushes some of our natural categories when we think about it. So interviewed him, um, and that was that was wonderful, and uh, really I think really helpful. Um, the intention was in the weeks coming, we ha I had a video testimony um, of a. Uh, a woman who uh, trans basically went through surgeries and hormones uh, to become a man and uh, a transgender man and uh, then came to Christ. And wow. the experience of, of all that and making sense of all that and in, in the community of a, of a local church too. Um, so I was really looking forward to that, um, but we didn't get to have that conversation. Um, and then I had a panel set up for uh, the topic of singleness as a gift and as a vocation. Um, having a, a woman who uh, was on staff at a, another local uh, PCA church, a single, single woman. Um, and then there's a couple in our church and, uh, who both were single for, for a while. And now they got married later in life and have kids. Um, but the, the wife actually wrote a, a book, a published book on, on singleness. And so that was a disappointing too, because we were looking forward to that conversation. And then when we were getting to the topics of dating and marriage, uh, Mary Jane, my wife and I were, were planning to kind of co- co-teach, co-lead that one, um, but didn't get that opportunity. And yeah, I hate that that didn't work out, but the planning behind it, all of it sounds excellent and Lord willing, maybe you can uh, just put that, in, you know, off for another time uh, when there's not a pandemic. And and if you um, ever want to do that at my church, Greg, you're more than welcome to come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, yeah, I was we'll going to say, out. yeah, you two just talk and you, you know, like, you know, swap roles or whatever. <laughs> um, look, I, I know we're wrapping this up, but what about some resources uh, that you want to throw out there that would be helpful? And, and look, um, we started talking about this pre-recording and we said, look, there's so many people who have written resources that we would not necessarily endorse every single word that they say on this subject, but we do want our students reading them and we want to be reading them. And so just those who are listening know, like we're not necessarily endorsing every single thing this person says, but what are some things that have been helpful? Jeremy, do you want to go first? Just maybe a few and then Greg as well. I'll actually let Greg go. He's got a good list together and, yeah. uh, and I'll, and I'll kind of tag on anything that, that he misses or anything that I, you know, ha have read in addition to what he's got, but it, so, I imagine it's probably great. very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, John, I'll, I can even send you this. I've got a big long list. I could send you if you wanted to share some form of it or link it or whatever, but um, I'll just pick a couple of books that are shorter and more broad that I think are really helpful. Just thinking about sex and sexuality you know, more broadly uh, ones that really were helpful to me was uh, Mere Sexuality, uh, Rediscovering the Christian Vision of Sexuality by Todd Wilson. That was a really helpful one. A short one that you can give to students uh, is called Faithful, A Theology of Sex by uh, Beth Felker-Jones. Um, uh, two others that I, I, I kind of, I didn't read all of, but dipped into was one was Rethinking Sexuality, God's Design and Why It Matters by Julie Slattery. Um, and another one, which uh, so some of our my, my staff really enjoyed was a Better Story, God, Sex, and Human Flourishing uh, by Glenn Harrison. Um, also, also uh, you know, it, can, it, it was helpful um, getting into um, Mark Yarhouse's book. I can't, I'm trying to remember the name of that. It was, I think I said earlier, Understanding Sexual Identity, because he is actually writing it for youth, youth, um, youth pastors, youth workers. And um, again, if you, you may not agree with everything, but you, I think you can, we can benefit in some way from all of these 
um, all of these uh, books. Uh, two others that are maybe more big picture, um, zooming out like culturally, uh, one was called Divine Sex, uh, A Compelling Vision for Christian Relationships in a Hypersexualized Age by Jonathan Grant. So if you like Jamie Smith, anything he's written, Grant is kind of applying some of that stuff to, to sex and sexuality. And then you've already mentioned uh, Love Thy Body uh, by Nancy Piercy. Again, you may not agree with everything she says, but you know, I think you can benefit. We can benefit from all of these resources and, and thinking about them. Um, I've, I've got I've got loads of others like you know I've got I've, I've got other resources on uh, you know pornography and sexual integrity, um, LGBTQ um, plus uh, issues. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's really most important for parents and youth workers to really get steeped in the broader perspective first. Um, and kind of have a have a way of thinking about that, and then and then as you're then you're approaching those key topics and issues in the better posture. Um, that's just my my two cents, but the, I can send you the list, and if anybody wants to take a look at okay. it, that, that's that's very helpful, Jeremy. Anything you want to throw in there? Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, Greg kind of hit more broader, kind of more zooming in on some of these more topical issues. Um, Kevin DeYoung, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Was kind of one of our go-to resources for this, uh, as well as uh, Robert Gagnon wrote a book. I can't remember the title of it. Um, and just a friend of mine who works as a filmmaker, he produced a documentary called In His Image uh, that I thought was very helpful and that I've shared with a couple uh, youth pastor friends, Drew Tuberville. I think you've had him on before, but um, maybe not. I'm not sure. He's in the Memphis area, but uh, but yeah, just to add on to those as well. Yeah, no, that that's helpful. And I know um, just a few weeks ago we had Walt Mueller on the podcast, and we we referenced in his image. And I know there's a PDF as well entitled "Transformed" uh, that's mm. very helpful that people can find out there. One thing, and then Jeremy, I'll jump back to you. But I know there's a study entitled "Alive," subtitled "Gospel Sexuality for Students." It's by Harvest USA, and it's available through New Growth Press. So if people want to look at that, I know there's, uh, I can't remember, 15, no, I'm sorry, 10 lessons, but gets into uh, a lot of the subjects that we've mentioned. I mean, pornography, masturbation, homosexuality, transgender, dating, singleness, marriage. Uh, there's a lot there. I mean, that's already uh, set up as a study that people could utilize. Um, I think Jeremy and Greg both wanted to say something else. Jeremy, go for it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Harvest just a second ago. Uh, we used a ton of resources from Harvest. Um, they have great pamphlets that are small that you can even hand out to students. Um, you know, I used them for a lot of my primary source. So just echoing Harvest. And then one other book that I didn't really talk much with my students about, but it was very helpful for me. And I know that y'all have talked about it recently is Carl Truman's new book, Um, um Gosh, what's the title of it, John? Uh, I I cannot believe I'm drawing blank on the title of this. Uh, I, I went blank as well. The rise and triumph. <laughs> yes, the right, the, the rise and triumph of the modern self. That was that was very beneficial for me to kind of go through. Uh, basically, he asked the question: Is what got us to this point? And so, kind of walking through some philosophy and and um, he makes it very very uh, very helpful for for teaching and just understanding where we came from. So I want to plug that one as well. Yeah, that that's helpful. Um, Greg, was there something else you wanted to add as we close? Um, I think there was, let me see if I can pull it, to, pull it together. Let me see if I can lasso it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess just kind of reemphasize, I think it's really important to, to, to really get the broad perspective and think about story because as helpful as 
individual resources towards the targeted kind of issues in sexuality, all of these issues is not ultimately about sex. I mean, it, it's it's involved, but you know, there's 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 um there's emotional struggles. There's, there's, um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a story behind it and underneath it. And I, so I think, um, a couple of those, the books we've already mentioned really key into that. Um, because, and, and just an encouragement to youth workers, you don't have to be an expert in all these things to be able to have conversations with students about them or parents. Um, but if you have that broader perspective, you're going to be able to approach it and engage with their story where they're at, um, in, in a way that's actually going to be helpful and useful. Um, and, and, and generative. And so, you know, I, I, I can't overemphasize that. I think that's really important. And hopefully that relieves a little bit of the burden to feel like you've got to be the person who knows everything um, and just be the expert expert in the room all the time. Now that's, a, that's a really good word to, to end on because yes, there, there's so much that is just difficult about these subjects specifically that we're, we're talking about. I mean, anything surrounding sexuality and it can intimidate us to the point where we don't talk about them at all or feel ill-equipped, but to, to see that as, okay, God has placed these students in our lives and we know these students, we have relationships with these students and, and, and to enter into their story, as you're saying, and, and to, to listen, if anything else. I mean, just so much of this is just sitting back and listening and letting our students talk to us, know that we're safe to talk to, that the church is a place they can come and, and share their burdens with others. I mean, that's a vital uh, piece to this entire discussion. Uh, look, there, there's so much more we could talk about. Greg, Jeremy, this has been very helpful for me to hear. I appreciate you guys taking the time because you guys have so much else to, to deal with, I know, in your ministry. So, Greg, Jeremy, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.